Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this and whatever time of day it is where you are now. Thank you so much um, for coming back to listen to this edition of the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule, and having a little trip down memory lane today, just taking a stroll in Goa when fairly sure that this is probably not a place I could pretend I'm going shopping or out for exercise. This is literally in the middle of nowhere, but I did an edition of uh, the Reset Rebel podcast this time last year when I got into a little tuk-tuk and I went to a little village called Gurukul, which is where I'm headed right now from my apartment in Patnam on foot because I don't have any vehicle Um, at my fingertips at the minute because nobody does uh, that's a tourist here because we're not allowed to have a bike or any mode of transportation until this lockdown has ended and um, I've had four days of uh, extreme lockdown here after sort of four five days of a more gentle version but you know everyone's got a different story here and There's been some extremism, for sure, in the first days of the lockdown in Goa uh, and in India, um, which was sort of nine days ago now. It began with a trial of lockdown from 7am till 9pm, announced by Narendra Modi. And it was just very unexpected. All came quite out of the blue, um, this trial day on the Sunday. And then... Sort of 48 hours later, um, he announced um, after he chose to extend it that he was going to extend it again uh, for 21 days. Now, this didn't really give anyone an opportunity here to buy everything they needed. Food, obviously, water, um, and just to get organised. So there was a hell of a lot of... Um, a hell of a lot of people without... Uh, me included. Um, I bought some muesli and some peanut butter and some chia and, you know, some Lavazza coffee, as you do in times of desperation. But thank God I stocked up on a few bits, just in case. On the day of the trial, I sort of smelled a bit of a rat. Um, it's just been impossible. That You know, the shops have not been open. When they have been, the police come and shut them down. They chase people with long bamboo sticks and have been beating people up. I mean, this has not been my personal experience, but I've seen it and I've read a lot about it. Um, Not just in Goa, but all up and down the length of the country. And the most tragic part of all of this right now is the the dislocation um, and the disembodiment throughout the length and breadth of the country where people are trying to get back to their villages and... You know, maybe they came to Goa or maybe they're in another part of the country where they don't live for work purposes and money-making purposes to feed their families. And all of a sudden, 
there's no trains anymore, there's no buses anymore, and these people don't have a lot of money. And they're all trying to get back to a place where they can feed themselves and they know that they'll be looked after. And the tragedy of that is that people of all ages are walking for, you know, hundreds of kilometres. Um, it's kind of hot here right now. It's edging onto the 40 dial most days. And these people are walking and walking and walking with no food, sometimes no water and no money to try to get back to their people, their family, their community. And it's just reading about that stuff has just been honestly breaking my heart. You know, I'm in a ridiculously privileged position in an air-conditioned department. Sure, I'm not at home, I'm not with my loved ones. But that was almost a kind of a decision, really, that I took because I was too scared to get dislodged on the way home. A fear-based decision that has left me here in paradise, admittedly. I mean, wow, (laughs) it's so beautiful. And now I've made the decision to leave the house once or twice a day and go for these walks in nature to reconnect to myself predominantly and not live in fear all day in a room on the internet and reading bad news out loud all day long for my job. I just feel, yeah, the goalposts have definitely moved a lot. And as soon as they start to edge in again, the four walls that's when you just know you need to go and do something physical reset the head maybe do some yoga meditation go and speak to some other people around the apartment complex I'm staying in connect to the community that I'm teaching yoga to every day also which is really the biggest gift not just for them but really for me um, to share something that really brings me so much joy and pleasure um, so it's, it's a precarious and interesting position to be in, but it's one that I, you know, took with a conscious decision-making process and extreme awareness of the rolling of the dice of staying in India with, you know, 1.3 billion people. And if this kicks off here, you know, if everyone starts to get sick, there's not enough beds in the hospitals, there's not enough ventilators I think they said there's something like one bed for every 10,000 people I think it's probably a hell of a lot less does that fill me with terror I think no only when I'm reading all of the bad news on the internet and on the news sources that I'm kind of forced to lock into on a daily basis and um sorry distract I can hear guitar being played in the house I'm walking past right now I'm literally in the middle of nowhere I'm completely lost I don't know where I'm going I just know that putting one foot in front of the other for the next hour is what I need it's hard for everyone no matter what battle you're up against or what situation you're in you know you know what of what a set of fears that you're facing it is hard for us all to navigate each and every day And I was going to record sort of like a diary of my lockdown and put it out on here. And I just, I just haven't felt like it. A lot of people have been, you know, saying it would be amazing for me to share that while I'm here in India. And so lovely that people want to hear what's going on. But just like everybody else, I'm having major ups and major downs. And um, 
feeling a little bit like the grand old Duke of York, really. And, um, you know, I could sort of record that and and sort of publish that, but I just, I just don't really feel like it, you know? <laughs> I don't really feel like doing a lot when I'm not working, which is much of the time at the moment. Um, I'm a journalist and newsreader and have been making some, you know, news pieces on the whole COVID-19 situation here in Goa, here in India, and also sort of disseminating the impact of this virus across the world through politics, particularly in America, you know, the impact on the economy through Asia. It's just, you know, it is a global pandemic. It's affecting every single person in some way, shape or form. And yeah, it's not, it's not a positive thing, is it? But I think there are so many positives that I'm learning to take from it. And it's the fact that we're all forced to stop. We're all forced to, well, in my particular situation, kind of go without things that we're used to having. Um, I haven't really been drinking at all. There's been no access to alcohol. Amazing. There hasn't been an abundance of fresh food. Hello, carbohydrates. I mean, I've never touched them for, you know, a really long time. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm living on rice and muesli and... Yeah, a lot of brown foods, particularly the one meal a day I do receive. And I've been noticing my body is actually not expanding or getting heavier as I expected it to. It's just uh, actually I'm losing weight and I think I'm just less hungry and less needing to nibble on this and nibble on that because I'm just full. I'm full more. And... um, that's an interesting observation I mean there's so much so much time to make these observations there's so much time to go inward and really dive into giving ourselves that gift of observation reflection and just noticing how we're actually feeling and honoring those feelings that are coming up yesterday I just felt very discombobulated after this repatriation flight news came and You know, it's easy for me to get back to England, perhaps, but I don't want to be in England. I want to be back in Ibiza or with my boyfriend in Belgium. And both of those countries are looking quite locked at the minute at the border. And if I go back to England, I'm actually homeless. So, and I can't go and stay with my family because I would be putting my elderly parents at risk. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to do that. I have to go into self-isolation for at least two weeks upon arrival in England. Where am I going to do that? Is it going to be a hotel? Anyway, this isn't about me. It's just about, you know, there's so many complications between borders and the closing down of freedom, I suppose, for all of us. Not just through borders closing, but just generally being inside, inside our own vessel. And the experience of that is is beautiful is beautiful and a very roller coaster style experience um and i think yeah just noticing probably the full range of emotions that are flying through this vessel on a daily basis it's something we just don't you know we don't make space for we just 
oh I'm tired great I'll have a coffee I've got to do this I've got to do that or I feel wobbly I feel sad oh I might have a glass of wine you know I might eat some food cover that one up I just don't think that's possible here right now not for me anyway and and I like that I like that ability and necessity to acknowledge and I think um I don't need to say much more about that but I you know however you're feeling today I was teaching yoga this morning we did a full range of just breath work for 15 minutes before we started just to you know really check in with the body and notice and observe exactly how we're feeling in this moment and I think it's really important to just do that once a day or twice a day um so thank you so much as I say for coming back and listening and tuning into this today's podcast is not going to be an India focused one we are returning to our Ibiza roots and to a lady who I've been watching on Instagram and various social media platforms for a couple of years Uh, I've always admired immensely um, the strength that she embodies and as a woman I think that's really important to get strong something that I noticed when I got into yoga immediately the strength in my body gave me so much more mental clarity and strength as a person on the whole and also equally particularly here in Goa I've been doing a hell of a lot of ashtanga randomly um, because it's just making me really strong and I think strong body strong mind and I think that that's exactly what today's guest encapsulates who's got a very strong body an amazing body a beautiful body um seen so many pictures of it sort of changing through the years um but I think Mirella um is an inspiration really I think the dedication and discipline that one has to employ to get to that physical strength and leanness you know that's nutrition that's daily dedication to meal prep of the highest order and training hard and hilariously is a gift um, and as a swap for doing the podcast which still hasn't happened of course because now uh, almost two months later I think it probably is now that I'm actually going to put it out and she said oh yeah come to a training class which I did oh my god was the most amazing class I came out of there feeling like I could possibly fly off into the wilderness basically I just I was flying all day I felt amazing and but it was brutal it was absolutely brutal but I do like a bit of brutality sometimes and I think that's what Ashtanga gives me it's the same feeling it's like ah you know you expend and you go deep into your limitations and push beyond and I think that's sometimes a really good thing to go much further than we think that we're capable for because once you do that you think well if I can do that physically then I can do that in all areas of my life and that's a beautiful thing that's a beautiful gift to believe that we are so much more powerful than we are because we basically are and I think it's very easy to lose sight of that in this kind of situation where we're all forced to stay home our wings have been clipped maybe we feel a little bit less powerful a little bit less 
able. Um, there's a little woodland man here. Bless him. He's just chopped some trees down. He's walking along the road. It is about 40 degrees and he's got two massive, great big planks of wood on his back. Amazing. You know, and that's, he's got the most skinny little legs. And I just feel like that's another observation. People here don't have so much. They certainly don't look very strong in terms of their physique. Yeah, you know, you get these little Nepalese guys. Um, and also in Thailand, like hiking and carrying like ridiculous amounts of luggage that us crazy lunatics bring with us away onto these hikes and treks and, you know, but it, it's the most nimble, slim sometimes people that have the most power, the unexpected little quiet ones that just can explode with strength. And I love that too. But Marilla, um, her... Hashtag on Instagram was, I think, strong, not skinny. Skinny, not strong, not skinny. Something like that. I'm not at home right now and I'm not at liberty to look at my Instagram while I'm out hiking in the woods. But, you know, check out, check her out on Instagram because she's a beautiful lady and she does run sessions um, in Ibiza in her own home gym. So I had a great chat to her. We went to the croissant show in Ibiza town and we ended up sitting in the marketplace and having a lovely, 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 lovely chat. As soon as I get back to Ibiza, I will be going back to her classes because um, I want to get really, really strong this year. It's one of my missions. Um, but I think we all need that little bit of inner and outer strength right now. And um, yeah, I thought she'd be a really great guest to unleash this week in week two of lockdown here in India. I believe it's the same in Ibiza and I believe it's pretty similar also back in England. So wherever you're listening to this, thank you so much again for tuning back in and I hope that you enjoy today's conversation. Don't go away. So we're here sitting at that beautiful little market spot at the bottom of the old town ramp in Ibiza town. You've probably been here to get some, I don't know, some grapes uh, on one sunny Saturday afternoon if you've been to Ibiza. And we just had a little coffee at the croissant show, but it was getting a little bit hectic in there as it can do, particularly um, in the middle of summer. Um, so it's a really lovely little spot to hang out and people watch and just kind of check out the gorgeous beautiful people that tend to wander around Ibiza in the summertime but the wintertime vibe I don't know really it's a kind of an interesting um yeah an interesting experience in the middle of winter there's a very different collection of people here um but we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk to today's lovely guest who is Mirella Fitness on Instagram but what's your last name? Ingebels. Ingebels. where's that <laughs> from? Ingebels. it's uh well it's obviously my married name but it's I think Nordic or something like that. I don't actually know where it comes from. I always think that your last name is Star. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wish it was. It would sound better, wouldn't it? Morella Star. It used to be Clark, so <laughs> be a bit more exciting, wouldn't it? But, yeah. It's a, it's a great, well, it's a great DJ name for your husband, Tom, yeah. and, you know, long since been a, a fan of his music. And, you know, I think it, it's lovely to have invited you here and to be getting together here in Ibiza Town. We've been trying to do this for a wee while now. I think... Mm. 
more than a year actually I think is when I last emailed you to try and uh, get you on onto the Reset Rebel podcast but thank you for coming and joining us thank you for having me and for waiting for me <laughs> <laughs> clearly some things are worth waiting for but I mean I kind of wanted to talk to you well about lots of things really but I, I think you just had a really really fascinating journey in from you know being a, a sports and fitness model into becoming really like an icon for women who are you know really more about being strong not skinny which I believe is your tag on Instagram but it's you know it's an inspiring and empowering thing and I think that you know for how many decades that women have been kind of you know sort of the 60s and 70s all the iconic women were very very skinny you know waif-like um models and and I think it's just you know really lovely that you've come up with this concept to really inspire women to want to work out hard train hard get strong both mentally and physically yeah I think as women we could be quite harsh on ourselves um what I try and do is just help women to learn to love their bodies whatever shape or size it is but and to by doing that to you know incorporate fitness as part of their lifestyle I mean my biggest thing for me is to lift is to lift weights not because of how it makes my body look it's more about how it makes me feel it makes me feel empowered it makes me feel strong it makes me feel powerful I feel confident I love just being able to do you know see my progress in the gym I mean, I started off years ago in that whole skinny kind of phase that we went through, where it was like, you know, you had to have skinny legs, it it was a fashion to have no bum, now it's like the big bum. Um, You know, and I did a lot of cardio back then and pushed my body um, in many ways, even even with food, you know, I... I limited my food. I did a lot of um, cardio. It was all about being skinny. And, you know, I've come full circle around and it's not about that for me. So it's like, I've changed that around for me now and it's all about being kinder to my body. So, yeah, I do, I have, not so much now, but I do, I have pushed it to extremes. I've stepped on stage um, four times and that involves a lot of effort, you know, with diet and training but it's it hasn't been um to the degree that obviously years ago where I was really pushing myself this is more of a healthier um you know more conscious way of doing it so yeah and so now with my life has changed a lot and now that I've got two children it's not about achieving necessarily those big goals anymore it's just about keeping myself fit and healthy inspiring my children to be fit and healthy inspiring others to be fit and healthy and, and women to take care of their bodies because you know they, they deserve to I think you know for those people that don't know your journey I mean I've only obviously witnessed it through the visuals of Instagram and obviously having a look at your website and becoming interested more in this idea of getting strong or stronger I think mental health is very you know intrinsic to that you know pattern of training and getting stronger I think the stronger my body is the stronger I feel mentally which is really 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 important and one of the main reasons I go to the gym pretty much every single day or at least six days a week you know I might not change that much physically but I feel good and I feel like I'm able to cope with anything after I've been to the gym because I started my day off with the right footing and I feel like that was a you know a step in the right direction to stay on the path of of health you know for the rest of the day and the days that I don't go to the gym in the morning then I feel like you know anything is anything could happen actually my entire regime and discipline goes out the window yeah exactly I mean it's one thing about 
keeping yourself fit and healthy you you know it has a knock-on effect to how you sleep how you eat how you behave you know how you treat yourself and how you feel and you know it can really help instill confidence in in yourself like no matter how your body changes um you know just to feel good about yourself and that's you know what's not to like about feeding those endorphins after having a good workout do you, do you notice a difference in your mental stability if you don't train and when you do train a lot? Yes. Um, like I say, it has a knock-on effect for me in terms of eating, sleeping, my moods, um, you know, be able to cope with my children, you know, things like that. And it's, you know, it's, it's something that it gives me a lift, a real lift to get into the gym. I commit to three sessions a week because that's all I can really afford to do right now. But those three sessions are my really important commitment to myself. They're like a really important date in my diary. Um, and I do not um, veer away from that strict time for myself. And, you know, I, I really try to stick to that routine. And, it, you know, because it makes me feel really good. I really, you know, I really enjoy to get in the gym, to see progress, to, to lift. It makes me feel, just lifts, lifts me completely I mean I think I don't know whether your other uh, hashtag was was nourish not punish I think did that come from you I've said some things I don't know if that exact one came from me but I said a lot of things you know a a lot of what I do is about that is about looking after yourself nourishing yourself um, and not punishing your body it's all about progress not perfection you know whether that's just to step foot in the gym three times a week you know make that commitment to yourself or you know train a little bit harder lift a bit heavier that's what it's all about when you know when you say before when you stepped on stage four times like that was when you were actually going for like more of a bodybuilding physique it was more I don't like the the word bodybuilding as such because it has so many different kind of personalities around it if you know what I mean it's like um it was a fitness stage that I stepped on and there's different categories of bodybuilding but so it it was definitely pushing my body to the to the highest level I possibly could and for me fitness has always been always been part of my life so it's for me it's just it was a goal that I could work towards that would give me the discipline I needed um to achieve it and um you know I really part of stepping on stage for me and having that goal isn't just about the end result it's it's the journey what I learned from that journey um I love the discipline and you know the control that it gives me and to see my take my body to that next level is fascinating for me that I can actually achieve that and just seeing the changes as I go along I mean it's not it's not real life for me anymore but it was you know it's you know, it's like any athlete, you're training for a goal, you're training and you're enjoying that journey along the way and the journey was more important for me than the actual end goal. But, um, and I do miss that, that chapter of my life, but with two kids, it's just, it's, uh, it's even harder. <laughs> so, and it's a very, it can be a very selfish sport because you have to be very you know, self-centred. Everything's about sleeping, eating, training, the fitness lifestyle but you know full on I mean you're not like sort of setting your alarm for the middle of the night to wake up and eat like you know chicken breast and stuff like that <laughs> no nothing like that but I, I was at that time it's everything's really serious I'm counting every single calorie um, every macro um, you know I'm training five six times a week I'm having to sleep to recover from all that training 
you know, and it's three, three, four months of really hard grafting. So, and it's just, that's not possible for me right now. And I don't know if I really want to be doing that right now when I've got two children, you know. It takes the emphasis away from them as well. So, for me, it's about the balance. So, where did this kind of fierce discipline come from? Goodness. I don't really know. I think it's always been in me since a young age. If I set my mind to something, I'm going to keep going. And um, I don't like to fail, even though I think failure is a big part of you know, why we succeed in the first place. And I think, you know, for me, it's just, I just love to have a goal that I can get my teeth into and really, really focus on. And I just have that real drive inside of me once I set my eyes on something, I, you know, I want, I want it. So. I think that's just amazing. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not someone that has buckets of discipline and I think that's been a, a real theme of this year on this podcast, actually. And it's, you know, I think having a goal and having kind of smaller goals to kind of arrive at the end phase is is probably easier than setting all these like really great big kind of new year's resolutions at the beginning of the year but i think like staying on the path and celebrating each little milestone is is definitely a more positive way than you know kind of restricting and cutting all these things out of your life and sort of telling yourself you're not going to do something because i think you know by the very nature of this this show it's like you know there's a lot of rebellious people that live in Ibiza and I think it's quite hard once you tell yourself you're not going to do something ever again then the first thing you want to do is go and do it and I I think well clearly you're not that person because you are able to achieve these amazing things with your body and I hats off to you but I don't know you know what's the most drastic thing that you've done to try and get from A to B in terms of like the fitness things that I've done um what's most drastic I'm not sure whether I've done anything that drastic other than, you know, commit to something as crazy as stepping on stage. <laughs> because, you know, that is, it's a huge commitment to make. And, and the thought, when someone said to me years ago before I even stepped on stage, you know, you should do this, this would be a great goal for you. Um, one of my friends did it and she just loved it. And she said, you should do it, Morella, this would be great for you. And for me it was like there's no way that I'm going to get on stage in heels and a bikini and start prancing around in front of everyone that's like my worst nightmare and it was you know I was like how could I ever do that but for me I just got into um, my career as a personal trainer because I didn't start that till I don't show my age now but um, <laughs> over 10 years ago because I used to work in an office and I'd done all different types of jobs but you know fitness was my true passion my true love so yeah, when someone said that, I was like, there's no way I could possibly do, you know, achieve this goal by having to, you know, really put myself out of my comfort zone that much. But I just, you know, it was a big goal for me to, to do for my career, for myself. So I just decided to get on with it and did it and did it once and then got the bug. And so I absolutely loved it. So I think that's just my, that was the biggest drastic thing was to make that decision to do something so crazy as a step on stage so, you, so you've only been working as a PT for like 10 years so what were you doing before that when you were doing an office job I worked as a PA in a hospital <laughs> I worked as uh, in tourism so I worked as um, in a local council I worked in the National Tourist Board in London um, so yeah all around kind of a lot of office work and uh, as much as I loved the whole organisation and multitasking it just, for me, getting up on a Monday morning was just the pits. 
and it, yeah it's actually my husband that was the one that said why don't you just go and do this this is what you love and obviously he has a an amazing job that he loves so he's kind of my inspiration saying okay I'm going to go and do this and you know I studied whilst I was working studied all the hours that I had free to try to become a personal trainer and um yeah and then I just got a few amazing jobs as as my career took off which and then the, the stepping on stage as well just I don't know just propelled me into this new world that I just absolutely loved and it was like give me more I need to learn more I need to do more you know and it's just been, I just loved it would you say it's kind of like quite addictive though to be in that kind of shape because I mean pictures of you I mean every single muscle is like popping and it's just like wow you are literally ripped not so much now <laughs> but yeah I've been I've been it's it's an amazing journey to see my body go through all these changes and know that you know I've been in control of that that I've worked my ass off to get to to that point and you know and then I've I've gone the other way and had two children as well which completely had to ease back on so much stuff and it's not been about my body anymore what it has but it's just been more about embracing the changes that's happened to my body that I don't really have any control over but then the excitement of like okay where can I uh, what can I achieve next when I've had my baby you know how do I need to rehab I need to safely get back into working out what am I going to learn from that as well to have others do the same um so yeah just you know I look back on so many of my photos you know stuff that I've posted over the years and I just I, I, some some photos I can't even believe that's me. Mm. You know, it's um, it's I, it's it's good to be your own motivation. I think, and you know, I motivate myself by stuff I've done. I have, you know, goals that I still want to achieve, and you know, I hopefully inspire and motivate others by what I do. And you know, I've learned so much from all the different avenues I've been down that I think you know that helps me so much more in in my in my role now as a as a trainer. You couldn't have been feeling that motivated after you have a baby. I mean, or, or maybe that was an extreme point of motivation because you were like, right, I want to get back to where I was. But like how on those days when you wake up, you've had like almost zero sleep. But like how do you persuade yourself? How do you motivate yourself to get back in the gym and, and get back into your training regime? I mean, I, I kind of embrace the fact that, you know, after pregnancy, it's not like you can throw yourself back in the gym and it's not not safe and it's not a good idea anyway you've got to let your body heal from from childbirth and you know from carrying a baby for nine months so you know I really tried to embrace that you know and I enjoyed that I enjoyed that time that downtime to just be kind to my body and just let it recover before I could then you know start doing something and then for me it was just it was the challenge of okay where you know how am I going to get my body back to being strong again and feeling good again it wasn't about you know, what can I achieve now? What, you know, how am I going to get my body in the most amazing shape again? It wasn't really about that. It was just I want to feel good again, and I want to feel strong again. How do I get there? And taking my body from then A to B was like an, just an, another goal um, to work towards, and that you know I found that really exciting to to just see what I could do and, and all the things I was going to learn along the way as well. So you know, out of that came. I wrote an e-book for when, when I was pregnant to how to have a, a fit and safe, healthy pregnancy. Um, and then also the post-pregnancy e-book that I've got, The Strong Mama Post-Pregnancy, how to safely rehab and get your body back into you know, a strong enough condition that then you can work out again. 
But that must have been quite a journey from going to where you were, you know, from where you were to obviously having two kids fairly close together, only two years apart, and then getting to where you are now. Yes, it has been a really good, a really good journey, though. You know, I've really, I've, I've, like I said, I've learnt so many things that I can now help others to, to do as well, and to inspire others that you know it's possible, and. All, all these have just been different chapters of my life that I've just enjoyed. What, what's been the biggest challenge that you've faced, though, from becoming a mum to, you know, getting to back to where you are now? Uh, time and, yeah, no, no sleep, not enough sleep, not enough recovery time, not enough time to eat, you know, not enough time to do all those things. I mean, you know, it's quite, it's quite hard work when I look back at how easy it was for me to just walk into the gym and do this and do that and it was all about me but it's not anymore and um but what's great is that I've now managed to find a balance although it's still really hard work you know just to commit to commit to those three sessions a week and yeah it's disappointing if I only get two in but I'm not gonna beat myself up about it this is my life now but um you know I, I the motivation for me just to keep going is because it just makes me feel so good you know, without if I don't you know, I have times where I don't train if I go on holiday I don't always train every day you know or three times a week um, if I'm sick I'm not going to beat myself up for sitting on the sofa or you know not be able to, to go into the gym um, but the motivation just comes within because I just I like I love that feeling that I get after I've done a workout um, the, you know the endorphins and just feeling good about my body and feeling physically strong and healthy and then wanting to eat healthy and sleep better when I can and that's it's all about that the, that's the motivation for me completely do, do you think once you've been in that kind of shape and your metabolism has obviously adjusted to that and you have more lean muscle mass that you're basically just burning more and it's kind of easier to maybe maintain or would you say it's definitely easier to maintain once you've built more lean muscle and but even now as I'm getting a bit older I, it's not as easy for me to keep my body in shape as what it used to be 10 years ago you know it's a lot easier then but I've always since a very young age I've always been into my fitness I think that that helps a lot in how your body becomes conditioned so yeah it's easier to stay in shape if you have more lean muscle and that's why it's so important for women especially as we age to to lift weights you know all this cardio it has its place it might help you feel good stay fit and healthy but it's not um, going to help you to maintain um, your muscle as we age because we do tend to, to lose muscle as we age um, so yeah, having a little more lean muscle just helps you, your body stay in um, shape easier but you, you, you still have to work hard for it you still, you know, I still have to work harder now than what I ever did 10 years ago I think, yeah, it's the 40s as a woman. It's like a time when you become, I think, very, very aware of the fact that you just can't carry on like you used to. Eating, drinking, you know, even your workout sort of changes. But I think there's more pressure, particularly maybe in a place like Ibiza somehow, to kind of stay looking good and obviously feeling good is the primary focus for me personally. But I think, yeah, I felt like there is more of a kind of uh, a feeling here that you need to stay looking good is that is that the same for you perhaps uh, I don't think it's changed for me here but obviously I, I think a lot of people tend to spend most of the year 
um, a, a lot of the year in a bikini, so maybe maybe that's why. And there's lots of beautiful people that come to Ibiza, right? So <laughs> maybe that's why. But I don't I don't feel it as much here. I felt it was more, obviously more rife in London for people to um, I don't know put more time and effort into their training. I think because you know a lot a lot of people in London are more cash rich, time poor that you know they have to then go out and they have to be more like regimented in terms of their training you know I had a really busy um, clientele in London people just had no time to hit the gym so they want a personal trainer here it's a bit more relaxed people like to work out but they don't want to maybe necessarily commit um <laughs> yeah that, ain't that the truth <laughs> and also yeah I just don't think you know I don't feel there's much pressure to to get a great body here I think some, there are the, you know some people that do, but I, I'm not seeing it's such a big need for people here as what it is elsewhere, which is strange. But yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But I think you know, I, I, well there are I think just organically a lot, like a lot of hot bodies in Ibiza, and yeah. you don't see the work behind what happens when people know they're coming to Ibiza and they book that trip six months in advance or longer, and they basically train like hell to get here and to get into that shape I mean you know particularly when I'm walking around Ibiza town pretty much exactly where we are right now the lanes you know particularly all the the beautiful hot gay guys that are wandering around those back streets I'm like they're wandering around in little pants I'm like Christ their muscles I literally it's like I'd love to see what they eat and what they train every day because it's it's fascinating like my mind is often fully you know I just wonder if I am gay obviously I'm not but (laughs) it's just you can't help but stare it's like my mouth literally drops open sometimes in the back streets it's like wow how did you get into such incredible shape I mean that's you know a common question I just feel like there's, it's not a pressure, but, you know, people put a lot of work into looking good here. So, you know, it's interesting, like, how you arrive to that point and no one really knows how much work goes into it. So are you still running your, your kind of strong lot skinny club for women or not? My, yeah, my workouts, so I do them three times a week. So they are, it's open to men and women. So I do get a few men pop in from time to time and train with the girls. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy doing them. And, and for those women, a lot of them are mums. You know, it's not about creating this amazing body. But I mean, some of them have over the, over the time that I've worked with them. Um, and they're really fun. They're just like an hour working, lifting weights, learning how to lift properly. Um, and I've also got my retreat that I run um, every year here which is is more for people from outside of Reefa that come because they come for five days and stay in a villa and you know work out every day and learn different things about nutrition and training and whatever else so what's the kind of you know what kind of nutrition plan are you on now if you have less time to train how has that adapted your diet yeah um well usually when you know when I've stepped on stage before it's been really regimented it's been counting calories I don't like to live that that normally yeah, I think I find it very, um, well, it's very kind of obsessive, isn't it, really? To count, to weigh all your food, you know, and it, you know, if you've got a goal in mind, great. I actually have just gone back to that, though, just like in the last month, because I've had my brother um, here in Ibiza, and he's um, just kind of hanging out for a while before he goes back to the UK. So I've had him and his girlfriend doing my meal prep, so I've been back to just seeing because uh, last year I, was, I spent a lot of time it was a really stressful year and um, my training suffered a lot last year for the first time in my life and so 
this year is for me I turn 40 next month it's all about getting back my mojo back getting everything back to feeling really really good again so he's been doing my meals so I have actually gone back in this last month to counting calories which if people don't know what that means it's basically a weighing all my food and putting it into an app and calculating all my macros my protein my carbs and my fats and having this daily total of calories that I have to meet and ultimately that is the best way to get the best results with your body and you know people can ca- people can think they're counting calories by eyeballing their food women tend especially us with a lot of women who tend to limit their calories thinking that's the best way to get their body in shape whereas the danger is there that you're restricting your calories so much that your body's going what the you're starving me so it does you don't get this the right results so you know fueling your body is so important to get the results that you want and so for me that's why I've gone back to a period of time of counting these calories is so that I make sure I'm eating enough food because when you're a mom as well it's so easy just to miss your lunch or miss that meal because you're just running around so you're grabbing a snack and that doesn't then correlate with being able to train well in the gym for me either so yes I'm back to doing that over the half of my brother who's prepping my meals because there's no time for that as I say, I'm back in the gym three times a week, just focusing on that and just trying to to get my mojo back there and inspire others, you know, that follow me with what I'm trying to do. Because I get a lot of messages from mums saying that, you know, they find it inspirational that I can find the time to do this, and you know, also I'm trying to show them that it is possible to do it. Obviously, if you do have your own personal chef, it's even easier. <laughs> I'll lose that soon, so I've got to try and find a way of doing it for myself amongst the chaos of having two kids. So. What was it last year that became so stressful that sort of changed everything? Uh, well, I lost my dad at the end of 2018, which then sent me into... I didn't really realise it, but obviously quite a lot of um, grieving process. And I don't think you realise it when you're in the thick of it at the time, but looking back, it was a really hard time for me. And, you know, my mum's... Um, my mum needed a lot of support my brother was away travelling um, I got sick a lot I don't know whether it was the emotional stress but I got shingles which is something only for old people get and you know I was so feeling so good when I got this, these shingles I was like what the hell is going on and then I just never really picked myself up it was just a case of, I just kept getting sick a lot um, so yeah, really strange time of my life. I guess just a lot of motion, emotional pressure for me, and having two small kids as well. You know, you don't. It's <laughs> I never imagined it would be having the kids would be this hard. But with them being so small, it is full on all day, every day. And so when you've got other stuff that you're juggling as well, it's like yeah, it just became quite a stressful year. And. Um, but, you know, I think you, you learn from those times in your life and you learn a lot, of, a lot of things from different times in your life. But this year is just about picking myself up and being positive and, uh, yeah, just feeling really good again. Getting myself back as, back to feeling me because with, with, since I've, my second child arrived as well, I had to ditch a lot of my work that I was doing. I was doing a lot of online coaching um, that had to slow down a lot so it's, I almost felt like I'd lost myself a little bit as well in that process 
we, you never planned to kind of quit your work because you'd had the children? No, but I did know it had to, had to slow down after having my second child. And, um, but I never thought it would slow down for such a long time. Mean, it's been two years now. And it's like, well, how am I ever going to get back to this? But, you know, I'm determined to find the time to get, you know, start putting things in place to get back, but not at this expense of, of spending quality time with my kids. I don't want to be a stressy mum either, so it's like that real juggle at the moment. I can imagine that, you know, your workout must relieve a lot of that stress because, you know, when you say, obviously, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad, of course, as well, and I just think... Yeah, I mean, that just puts the biggest strain on the body, stress and obviously emotional, yeah, emotions in general just cause a lot of stress and, and a lot of changes within the body. But I'm, you know, interested about how that sort of impacted you personally. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've always been someone to try and be in quite a lot of control. So I felt like I was a little bit out of control with everything that was going on. And, yeah, and... I, I think I was always kept myself together. So when you're going through this like really pivotal kind of change in life, all these emotions going on, that you, it's really you know stress is one of those things you don't really see, you don't really f- know you're under this amount of stress until after you've kind of the clouds lifted. Mm-hmm. So the training, although it was on and off all last year, because there was times where I just physically couldn't go in the gym because I just felt so um, beaten down, I guess. Which is, you know, which is not like me. It's no matter what I'm going through, I will always get in that gym. But last year, I really did feel it was... Um, I just couldn't do it as much. And, you know, but it was always there. It's always like, when I feel better, I will get back into the gym. And, I, you know, I did. And, and it's, it, it's, so, it's something that completely lifts me. It just makes me feel um, like I can conquer anything. And it does get rid of the stress, any emotional stress, stress with the chaos of, of life, of having two kids, of, you know, it's, um, it's what, yeah, it's what picks me up. Mm. I mean, you know, this is called the Reset Rebel podcast, and I think it's about, you know, the constant journey, particularly living in Ibiza, of resetting yourself, like, you know, to, to get up from whatever it is that's kind of knocked you off your perch and get back to where you were before, or ideally feeling even better. And I think... There's so many things in Ibiza that can knock you off your perch and, you know, obviously partying is definitely one of them. I mean, you know, obviously your husband being an international DJ, I mean, is there, you know, have you guys, obviously maybe not with the two small children, but you you sometimes still make a little bit of time to go out and and have a little bit of fun as well? Yeah, I mean, we've we've been together, what, 13 years now. When we first met, we just loved to go out and loved to come here as, you know, just, you know, on holiday and just, like, and have fun. Whereas it's not so much about that now. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we still do love to go out. I mean, my husband, obviously, in the summer, he's away a lot. So, you know, the, the chance we get, we'll go out for dinner or we might do a boat day. But for me, going to clubs and staying out till six in the morning is not really what I want to be doing anymore. There's no recovery from, recovery from that. So, but yeah, I do like I do like to let my hair down. There's a bit of a wild side in me as well. So, <laughs> I'd be very disappointed if there wasn't a going out with Tom. It would be like kind of weird. Yes, yes, I, don't, I won't get away with that for the, not this many years either. Thirteen. <laughs> is that where you met in the nightclub? Funny enough, yes. <laughs> but in um, in Austria in this sweaty little nightclub in Meyerhofen when we went to the snowboarding festival called Snow Snowbombing yes that's where we met my brother introduced us I've been there many times <laughs> How, which, which sweaty little club 
Oh, was it called? It began with S. Um, it was underneath a hotel. God, I, know, I know the one you mean. I don't know. We used to call it the Schnitzel Club, but it wasn't called that. <laughs> you met over a Schnitzel in Austria. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, the glamour. <laughs> it wasn't glamorous, that's for sure. I remember being completely sweaty from dancing on this stage. Um, but yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Amazing. And, you know, with regards to that, you know, I think... I, for me, particularly, like a workout is the the absolute answer to a hangover. But I think a lot of people just like you know want to loll on the sofa and eat absolute rubbish, particularly after a really really big weekend. But I, you know, I've always been completely opposite. Like I, you know, I cannot sit around and sort of feel sorry for myself after I've had a big night out and it's self-inflicted. And the last thing I want to do is eat a load of food that's going to make me feel even worse. But you know, what what is you know? Do you think that's a good thing to work out when you've got a hangover and sweat it out? Is that your reset button? Not really. <laughs> I mean, when you're, if you, it depends how hungover you are. If you've had a few drinks, you're just feeling a bit foggy. Then I'd say, you know, getting in the gym and doing something not too crazy, but um, you know, doing a bit of a um, hit workout or even go for a run is great. I think if you're really steaming hungover and your body's really dehydrated and you feel really terrible, I wouldn't necessarily put your body under any more stress. I would hydrate and then do something the following day. But yeah, it really depends on how much you are hungover. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, the levels of hungoverness in Ibiza are, uh, yeah, probably second to none compared to a lot of other places in this world. But you know, that's how I kind of got into yoga. Like, I, you know, used to go to Bikram basically and just sweat out everything I'd drunk the night before, and that's how it all began for me. And then, yeah, that continued over the years. But it it gave me a discipline to know that actually. Instead of sitting around and having a whole day feeling like crap, as soon as I got that hangover workout out of the way, I just felt completely different after that. And I think sweating out those toxins, if, as long as you drink lots of water before you go. Of course, yeah. I mean, you know, if I'm ever hungover, then I will uh, tend to like go for a walk or go for a swim or, you know, even to the gym if I feel up to it. I think immersing yourself in water is the number one reset for a B3. It's like, you know, when you feel like absolute death after a big one um yeah getting in the water we are obviously 70 80 percent water anyway so i think the only way to feel good again particularly the summer here when it's absolutely roasting roasting hot is the worst time to hang out have a hangover but there's probably more hangovers walking around in ibiza at sort of july and august time than any other place on the planet goodness yes <laughs> the streets are quite amusing first thing in the morning aren't they when i go to take my kids to school or nursery and you still got the stragglers from the night before <laughs> Yeah, especially in Ibiza town or playing in Bossa or anywhere that's kind of close to that stretch of uh, madness that is the summertime here in Ibiza. I mean, how do you sort of feel about the winter, which is obviously where we are right now on a very disused market shelf that we've perched ourselves on top of? But, um, you know, what, what do you feel about the kind of differentiation between the two seasons here? I don't, it's one thing I really enjoy here is that I love, I love the summer. But by kind of July, August, I'm over it because it's just so busy and it's so hot and it's just uh, hard to, you know, go to the beach for your kids because it's just so busy. Um, so by kind of July, August, I'm, I'm, I am so over it. I'm waiting for winter. And when winter comes, it's incredible because everyone comes out the woodwork and everyone, you know, takes a chill from their work. You know, a lot of people work harder here in the summer, don't they, for especially seasonal type of jobs. And so I get to see all my friends more and all their kids and it's just easier to get around the island. Um... I mean, I'm one that loves the sun and I love being warm. So right now I'm at the point where I'm like, yeah, bring the summer on because I want to be back in my bikini in the pool. I want to be warm. 
I was sick of all the layers because especially this time of year, you know, you put all your winter clothes on in the morning, then it's roasting midday, and then you know, and then you're freezing again by five o'clock. So, but I, you know, I loved, I love the buzz of the island. I love how it gets quiet, and then I love how it starts to get busy, and you start seeing the life coming back, and then it gets crazy, and then you know, then, it's, then you see it starting quite quieting down again. I just love that, that how varied it is here. What's your sort of number one place to go and sort of get into, you know, a bit of a a place where you can just escape from it all here? Where do you go to kind of get away? Well, it's hard to get away anywhere in the summer, isn't it, really? <laughs> just hide at home. But in the winter, I love to go to a spa. Um, I love to just go for a hike. Just, like, take in, like, the gorgeous scenery that we have here in Ibiza. There's nothing better than that. I think it's very easy to sort of take it for granted, really. But I think, you know, num- the number one thing to do, really, in the winter is to is to go on a nice, long winter hike and then basically go and have a menu del dia. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's the perfect day. It's in the sunshine, after you've had a nice hike, eat some nice food, yes. I do that's my perfect days here, right now in the winter. I think a lot of people don't know about the menu del dia phenomenon of like, you know, it being ten or fifteen euros, maybe twenty if you're somewhere fancy, but basically in the winter it's like a three course meal, isn't it, that these restaurants specialise in and it's like, you know, if you have been for a four, five, six hour schlep somewhere up a mountain, it's kind of nice to go and reward oneself with a big old slap up lunch. Yes. Yes, it really is. I like nothing better than to do a really good workout and then um, eat lots of delicious food. And does uh, are you in charge of the kitchen uh, prep, or is it's Tom sort of taking his fair share? Tom cooks now and again, but he tends to stick to what he knows. Um, but like bangs a mash, <laughs> yeah, it's a spag bowl. Um, but like I say, I like um, my brother's thankfully prepping my food at the moment. Usually, I'll get like a food prep company in the summer if I really want to. You know, it's, it's time, time's too hectic. I've done that before. But, um, yeah, I, lo- I like to get in the kitchen, but it's just I don't really have the enjoyment for it nowadays with two kids because there's just no time to really, you know, put into making a really nice meal um, and getting my kids to try and eat what I eat as well or what my husband eats is impossible because they're just so fussy. I'm like, who are you? Are you even my kids? <laughs> But yeah, they're just at that age where, you know, they don't like their greens and they don't want this and they just want to eat fish fingers. So whatever, you know, a lot as long as they eat, that's the most important thing for me. I was going to say, how strict are you on that kind of regimen with the kids? I mean, you know, if if they had their way, they'd eat ice cream and sweets and chocolate all day long, breakfast, lunch and dinner. But, you know, I, I, I am all one for the balance. And, I, I you know, even for me now, with counting my calories Monday to Friday... The weekends are off. I like to go out and have some wine. I have pizza if I want it, a cake. You know, it's all about the balance for me. And for them as well, I try to make sure they eat healthy, lots of fruit, fed if I can get them to eat it. Um, you know, but and, and if they want to have an ice cream, they want to have some chocolate biscuits, then, yeah, of course they can have that. Um, you know, I think we can be too scaremongering when it comes to sugar and things like that is that it's the devil but it's everything for me it's everything in moderation that's what my father who's 82 always says and he's like the biggest sugar monster that ever lived <laughs> and I just think that yeah I mean balance is an overused word but it's very bloody difficult to find balance particularly on an island like this mm. if you're not very disciplined and you know you are yeah not maybe in a family and you're kind of like doing your own thing and I think it's easy just to you know just get quite out of kilter quite quickly yeah, and I see that a lot with people, but I do think working out is one of those things that brings you a bit more discipline. 
you know if you if you can get on a roll of saying do four or five six weeks of training two or three times a week you really then start to feel the benefits it's harder to break that cycle because you feel guilty for one you don't feel as good when you miss that training session so I think you know adding training into your lifestyle can really help you just have that better balance rather than go all out one way or the other absolutely I think um, that's the number one way to get a little bit of discipline back into my life and many other people's that um that live here in the winter because obviously a lot of people aren't working either it's just very easy just to kind of you know get up late and kind of you know maybe just not eat till lunchtime or you know and have drinks in the afternoon and all of these things that you know are easy to do when you're not working and you're kind of living that seasonal rhythm but I I don't think that they're good for people's headspaces at all no no but it's it's the it's a, it's a routine you you choose to put yourself in, right? And I think if you've got more things to get up for in the morning, then the easier it is to get out of bed and be a bit more productive. Whereas if you don't have anything, if you're not working all winter, well, it's just easy to fall into that cycle of just sitting around, just chilling out, and days just days just go come and go, don't they? And they're gone. <laughs> and that's it. It's summer again. So, but for me, it's always important to like get out of bed and have something to do. You know, and just doing if you just go out for a walk, it's just a great way to start your day and to feel better. And then the rest of the day then just flows a bit better and a bit more positively, doesn't it? Hundred percent. So I think yeah, hiking and, and getting out in nature is a great way to kind of offset that. Yeah, just living in, you know, concrete jungles, which I think a lot of people maybe not so much here but elsewhere, they definitely do live in apartments or places where nature isn't so connected to their kind of um, way of living and I think it's you know great to get out in the morning and you know go to a park or go somewhere where you can actually get into the green lushness of uh, the countryside somewhere and, and reconnect so that's definitely something I've had in my life for a really long time I'm just looking at the time and it looks unfortunately like we might have to call at time on this but I really really loved chatting to you and if anyone wanted to come on to your retreat this year what's the details for that well the retreat you can find more information about on uh, www.com yourfitnessproject.com um, of course that's a five day you have to stay in a villa it's like all everything's catered for you the food training everything you can check that out there or I have my weekly workouts which take place either at my gym or at an outdoor space <laughs> just contact me okay thank you so much Mirella for uh, yeah sitting here on this very cold concrete worktop which kind of feels like yeah I don't know how good that is for one's bottom no, <laughs> it doesn't feel so good for me right now. But thank you so much for having me. An absolute pleasure. We'll see you soon. See you soon. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. Coming to you every day.